Welcome to the Sunrise Podcast with Dr. M.M. Amakaro. We hope you enjoy it. Precious Father, in the name of Jesus, we just celebrate your Lordship. Celebrate your fatherhood. Celebrate the depth of your love for us. Who is there like you, O God? Who is there like you? Who is there like you? Besides you, there is none. We worship you this morning. We thank you for your word that is spirit and life. Your word that gives life. Your word that brings life and health and joy and hope. We thank you for your word that comforts we thank you for your word that expressly manifests because it will not return void. We worship you, Lord, for the gift of the Holy Spirit, the one who interprets, the one who translates, the one who makes it clear, and the one who hears from you and who tells us the word in a season. Thank you, Holy Father, for that which you are speaking in the now. We worship you. Thank you for ordaining praise. Thank you for being mindful of us. Thank you for crowning us with honor and glory. Thank you for the dominion that you have given us over every walk of your hand. We worship you today. Thank you for life. It's a new day. You have commanded the morning. We surrender to you, the shepherd who knows where the green pasture is, the shepherd who knows where the still water is. We submit to you, Holy Father, that you have your way. Bring our children, our family, all our loved ones, even the nations, we surrender to you. Say, Holy Father, let your light shine through. Let your love shine through. Let the manifest, manifold blessings of God that you have released to your people, let it begin to break forth. We celebrate you, Holy Father. And we thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. <clears throat> Reading the book of Ruth. I'll just read chapter 1. Um from verse 1 to 5, and then we go to 32, 22 rather. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Noami. The names of his sons were Malon and Chilion, Ephratites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Noami's husband, died. She was left and her two sons. Now the two wives of the women of Moab, the name of the one was Opha, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Malon and Chilion also died. So the women survived. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. And then the next thing we see is in verse 6. It said, Then she arose with her daughters in law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people. The Lord has visited his people by giving them bread. 
Therefore she went out from the place where she was and had two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of her, each to her mother's house. And we will stop there so far because we know the story that, of course, Ruth clung to her mother-in-law while um, Opa returned. But before we go on to read verse 22, we see what looks like bleak darkness. A series of tragedy. And then that began with what we could call prospects. Where they were before in Bethlehem of Judah, there was famine in the land. There was so much famine in the land that they began to prospect. They began to look at where, you know, where in their mind they thought they could, they could have a better experience. Where there was prosperity or where the land was fertile, where they could engage themselves. So they calculated, they made their calculations that the land over there was better. So the Bible says, they went, they left Bethlehem of Judah, and they went to dwell in the country of Moab. But the experience that they got where they went was the darkest experience. Meanwhile, there was famine where they came from. And here they are, and what they are reaping is death. Besides the famine, we see death. We see death. First, the death of Elimelech. And then the two sons, Malon and Chilion. And then we see also barrenness. It was all desolation. Because for 10 years, even after the marriages of the two sons to these two women of Moab, they produced no offspring. And then they died. So Naomi that came out and had two sons with her husband, now she was left bereaved, totally bereaved. So what was with her, what she now had left, was just these two daughters-in-law that she was trying to persuade to just leave her alone, to her feet, and let her be. But we see a ray of light. We see a ray, not really, well, a ray of light by way of information. The Bible records here that Naomi had, the Bible says, she heard that God had visited his people. So then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return. Father, we worship you. That she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard where she was that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Father, we thank you this morning. You are not a man to lie. 
There's nothing too difficult for you to do. You are a God of times and seasons. You are a God of acceptable time. And you are the God of the day of salvation. You are the shield of the help of your people. And you are the sword of their triumph. So we see a woman who left, who packed out with his husband to where they thought they were prospects. And there will be life, and there will be famine, and there will be prosperity, and they can engage and make profits. But then they were totally disappointed because what they saw was a bleaker circumstance. And then where they were after she's lost all, she got information that. Where it seemed that God had forgotten his people and there was famine, and where it made people to desert, to turn away to somewhere else, that God remembered his people and visited his people. And then he recall, she recalled where she was, that she was one of God's people. That she had a stake in what was what God was doing, and she made a decision. She will go back. This is telling us that God can never forget His people. I remember that we read. It was in Ezekiel, I think, chapter thirty-six, somewhere there, that says that God said, "I will visit you." He said, and this land that people passed and hissed, saying that God had forgotten his people. He said, this very land that lies desolate will become like the Garden of Eden. That this same land that is desolate, that will again have the flocks. And the man who counted the flocks will return counting the flocks. In other words, before your very eyes, this desolation will be overturned because I will visit this land. Recall that he carried Prophet Ezekiel, the next chapter in chapter 37 of the book of Ezekiel, and took him to the valley of dry bones and caused him to pass round and he now saw clearly, vividly, that they were bones and they were very dry and they were scattered. And the Lord said, prophesy. And when he obeyed and said exactly what God said, dry bones, leave. Prophesy to the dry bones. We saw that they began to be a rattling. Began to be a rattling. And the bones began to come alive. The flesh, the sinews. And then after that, he says, Son of man, prophesy again. Prophesy to the wind. Oh, breath, prophesy breath. And we saw that the dry bones became a mighty army. So now we see here where there was famine in the land of God's people. And we see a relocation, a movement away towards where 
It seemed there was bright light. And we see that the harvest was the harvest of death, so to speak. And we see the survivor who heard information that God did not forget his people in Bethlehem of Judah. And she decided to return on the basis of information she investigated and she knew. She recalled that she belongs in that stock. She belongs in that covenant. She has a life visa to go back. So we see here in verse 22, and now we all know that Ruth clung to her and refused to let her go. And she now gave up and said, okay. So it was herself and Ruth now. And the Bible says, So Noami returned and Ruth the Moabites, her daughter-in-law. So Noami returned and Ruth the Moabites, her daughter-in-law with her, who, re who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. So what we are looking at today is the way God ordered the footsteps of Noami. And the Bible records here that Noami came back and entered Bethlehem. And he records that he, she entered Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. My God, was that a coincidence? Or that God had been mindful of her? And that God had unknown to her God had already crowned her with honor and glory. Yesterday we read this psalm. Oh, beautiful psalm. We read that psalm. It's, oh, praise to God. The Lord that is majestic and excellent. Oh, how majestic, how excellent is your name. We read that psalm and the psalm went on to talk about how God is so mindful of God's people. Say, who are we? That you are so mindful. Who are we in spite of our ways, in spite of our prodigal attitudes, in spite of our self, you know, inflicting wounds, in spite of our miscalculations, in spite of the fact that we have calculated by our own logic and lost it all. You still count us amongst your own. That you, God, your eyes are still over us. So we saw one, God caused information to get to Noemi. Otherwise, without that information, she would have been oblivious. And God caused her to really take in that information and to understand it, that that was God's visitation. And God caused her to arise. Father, we thank you. God caused her to get up. Some would have said, oh, I've lost it all. I will be a laughing stock. I cannot return. I cannot take a decision to walk back. And oh, they will ask me, so what was my gain? I'll be, a, I'll be a rip. What is that? To go back to Jehovah God. To cause him to guide you and to lead you. To submit to every decision concerning your life. Submit and go through him. To go where the spirit guides you. 
to watch and listen and to say, every decision, I put it through God. Asking him to guide your footsteps, to be truly committed and to go where he will lead you. So we see Noami getting up. And what we see here is what is written in Psalm 37 verse 23. He said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered. We see a steps that are ordered. We see that no missteps. Because I want to believe and I believe that as we read in Psalm 8, that this majestic and this excellent God had already ordained praise in the mouth of Naomi, had already written concerning her life, that Naomi, he had already crowned her with glory and honor. And her honor and glory would be in the land of Bethlehem, not where she took herself to. So now we are talking about location and God's direction. We are talking about location and God's divine direction and timeliness. It's amazing. All of the three, you see it come together. She got the information. And she realized she needed to be in a different location. Where the word of God, where the visitation of God. She realized she had moved. Now it's time to return. And she did not hesitate. The Bible says she arose. And we see realization. We see decision. We see movement. We see relocation. And we now see timeliness. It was right on time. The Bible said they got into Bethlehem. And it was the beginning of harvest. Father, I just worship you. And we see that because it was the beginning of harvest, everything now that happened to Ruth and Naomi hung on the fact that they arrived at the time they arrived. Everything that happened to Ruth and Naomi, we know the story, we read the story, happened to them because she moved when she moved. One, because she got the information. Two, because she moved when she moved. She didn't hesitate. She didn't think about, oh, and indeed, people came out and said, oh, is it Naomi? She was even the one berating herself. Yes, this is Naomi. Don't call, no longer call me Naomi. The Lord had dealt with me, you know, in a very terrible way. Now call me Mara because she had dealt bitterly with me. I went out full now and I've come back empty. Who cared? The important thing was that she came back and she came back right on time. A prayer today is that may God... For all that God had allocated to us. For every goodness that he has apportioned. That wherever our portion is, oh Father, in this season, you speak in our ears, Holy Spirit. You empower our hearts to understand. You empower our hearts to be decisive and to arise. Jehovah, there will not be any procrastination. There will not be any, any self depreciation we will move that we may be right on time we celebrate you because I remember you had told us that you are our shepherd and we shall not want that you lead us into green pastures you lead us beside the still waters you will restore our souls 
Father, we thank you for this season of restoration. We thank you for this beginning of harvest. But we look to you for direction. We look to you for direction. We look to you to know location. We look to you, Holy Spirit, for empowerment to move swiftly. We thank you, Lord. So we see that there were so many things that happened in the life of Noami that would have shot her down where she was. <laughs> I mean, she buried and buried and buried. And she was old. Like she clearly described, profiled herself to Ruth. When Ruth dared to say, no, I will go where you go. I will die where you die. She said, no, what do I have to offer you? She said, I'm old. She began to profile herself. Have nothing to offer. And you, young woman, go back. Do I look like somebody that will find a husband? Even if miraculously, yes, I found a husband. Do I look like somebody that is fruitful? I could be a child. Yeah, even if that could happen miraculously. <laughs> How many years will it take for that child to be groomed? For you to say, okay, I will marry. According to the tradition of Israel at that time. So you will now marry a relative of your late husband. All those possibilities are gone. So she profiled herself and showed the darker side. That nothing good could come out from her. But we see that the only thing that made the difference was that she moved at the time that she moved. And she arrived Bethlehem of Judah at the time that she arrived Bethlehem of Judah. And the Bible records here, she arrived at the beginning of barley harvest. And every other thing that happened in chapter 2, in chapter 3, in chapter 4, hung on that time of her arrival. The time of her arrival. So we are praying to you, Father God. Hold our footsteps. That which you have written concerning us. The honor and the crown that you have put upon us. The praise that you have ordained to come out of the tent. The tent of the righteous. Our tent because you are our righteousness. Every testimony and every praise. Father, we submit to you. And our prayer today is, Father, take us by hand. Cause us to hear. Stay our spirit. Direct our footsteps. And help us to be timely. It was at the beginning of harvest. So if we read chapter 2, and now the next thing we see is that because it was beginning of harvest and harvesters were in the field, that's how Ruth now said, oh, she has to go to the field and glean to find food so that herself and her mother-in-law will eat. And it was that also we see a decision. We see a rising. We see location. And we see timeliness. The Bible records says there was a relative of Noami's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabite said to Noami, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him, in whose sight I may find favor. She said to her, go my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the repair. You see, she made a decision. Yes, I'm a stranger, 
but this is not the time to sit still. Let me arise, let me go. And the Bible says she arose and she left. And she went to that field. And that field happened to be the field owned by Boaz, a relative of Noami. We know the rest of the story. So the book of Ruth is the book of God's divine direction of steps of people he already ordained to raise praise for him. A step is a book of divine direction, divine movement, divine location, and divine meetings. Divine, divine, I don't know how to say, divine contacts. It's a book of divine contacts for the will of God to be established. All these were already written. The beauty of this is that if we look in the genealogy of Jesus, the, the name of Ruth is there. Ruth the Moabites. Was it by mistake? It was already ordained. It was already ordered. It was already written in that book concerning Ruth and concerning Noami. So that time of their deep darkness, that time of their deep darkness, darkness so deep, buried husband. Noami buried husband, buried two sons. God was working out her salvation. God was working out her salvation. She had left because she thought, oh, there was nothing here in this land. And yet her salvation, her honor and her praise and her glory and testimonies were in that land that she left. But we thank this God for divine intervention. We thank this God for his mercies and his goodness towards his people. That's why that psalm yesterday, oh Lord, how majestic, how excellent is your name in all the earth. How excellent. Who are we that you're so mindful? Who are we? In that darkness, God was mindful of Noam and Ruth. In that deep darkness, he decided to shine his light. He brought that life information. Whatever she had now became the spirit and the life that jacked her up from that darkness. She began to move in spite of her self-depreciating profiling. Does not matter what we think. That's how Gideon looked at us himself and said, oh, you're calling me a mighty man. Don't you know I'm the least in the tribe of Benjamin? Don't you know? Have you not seen? He said, yeah, you are the one. Go in that might of yours. Where was the might? Father, we thank you that you're so mindful of us. Thank you for that book that you've already written concerning us. We thank you for that time and that place. We thank you for that divine intervention and that contact. In this season, O Jehovah, that we declare it by this word, that this is the beginning of belly harvest. This is the beginning of harvest. This is the beginning. We don't care the darkness. We don't care. We speak as you have caused us to hear. We speak as you have caused us to do. We speak, O Jehovah, by the Spirit of God. And the Bible says the word that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. The word is able to generate. The word is able to quicken. Cause this word to go forth and quicken. Let every arrangement of heaven, that he let it be lined. Let our footsteps be ordered. Let that contact, O Jehovah God, let it begin to move towards us as we move towards it. That location, O Jehovah, will depend on you, our shepherd, to guide us. Where that still water is, where that pasture is. As we see in the book of Ruth, everything was timely. Everything was timely. Everything was in place because it was God's divine movement. Yeah. 
And we see that root arises and root goes to the farm without procrastinating, without being lazy, without thinking, oh, she would have profiled herself. Oh, I just returned. I don't know the root. I don't know the farm. I don't know if the people will accept everything to hold her back. Just like Noami had everything to hold her back, yet she was still moving forward. Father, in this season, we receive the power, a sound mind as we had prayed before. No power, nothing will hold us back. Because we hear today that you have visited your people. You have visited us. Thank you for this visitation. Thank you for this visitation. Thank you for this visitation. Where we are outside the boundaries of this visitation, Father, cause us to return. Cause us to return. And our return might just be in faith, increasing our faith. Our return might just be that. Oh, not that we left, oh, um, the covenant of Christ, but that we have lost faith. We have come to ourselves to see that nothing good can come out of us. We have come to that place that we are thinking nothing good can ever arise from this kind of situation. We have come to that place that we are saying, oh, where will we start? How will we start? Is your case worse than Naomi's case? That's what we should ask ourselves. Is our cases, are our cases, are they, can we liken it to Naomi? Can we liken it to Naomi? Was it this dark? Even if it's darker, know that the same God who caused this relocation, the same God who made it at the time of the beginning of harvest, that same God has triggered our harvest in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank God for Ruth, for we see her moving, and then we see her focused. And we see another movement. We see God causing Boaz himself. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus for you will do what you said you would do at the acceptable time in the day of salvation. We see the Bible records. <laughs> then Boaz, the Bible records, now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. How come is at that time that Boaz also chose to return from Bethlehem to come into the farm, to come into the field? How come at the time that Noami returned, it was the beginning of harvest. How come she got information about her people at the time of harvest? How come the time that they, they entered, Ruth decided and her move was to go into the field and it is that same field that was owned by Boaz? How come at the time that she was inside that field, that was exactly the time that Boaz, who was away, returned to the field to notice her and to ask about her. God is a God of order. Nothing takes God by, by surprise. The Bible records in Psalm 139 talks about how we were, we were carefully, secretly wrought in our mother's womb. We were wonderfully made, wrought in secret. And how that even before we were formed, the fetus came, that God had already ordained and written that book, fashioned the book concerning us. So God has every information. God knows the location. He knows the divine contacts. He knows the outcomes. And he knows that he had ordained praise from our lives. 
So today I take comfort. I personally take comfort in these words. That I'm just not that being that was created for me to be tossed to and fro by the winds or by circumstances or by global global happenings or national happenings and tragedies and all. No. It is, as we read in that Psalm 8, he is excellent. He's majestic. And he's mindful. He's given us dominion and authority. And what even when we look at the lives of Noami, Ruth, and Boaz, the main characters in the book of Ruth, we see a life of dominion. From tragedy, we see a life of dominion. We see a life of authority from beginning. And then we go to the last chapter 4. We see a life that God had already ordained that it should be a life of testimony. If you look at chapter 1, you cannot believe chapter 4. Chapter 1 was full of darkness. So dark that the woman started profiling herself. She was worth nothing. And yet she moved by the flicker of light, that information, that by the Spirit of God was dropped for her. And she did something with it. And we saw Ruth, who was so determined by compassion, love, and commitment. She too moved. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And then we see Boaz. From where he was, we see Boaz moving. And in the final analysis, these three actors and characters, they were under the same household. And Ruth, who for 10 years was barren and now became a widow, now was remarried and now was the mother of a child. And that child will now be the great, great, great grandfather of Joseph. Whose lineage, through that lineage, that the son of David, Jesus himself, was born. Is that a coincidence? Father, we thank you. The soul magnifies you. Because you already have ordained our lives. And as we submit and surrender, worshiping you today, Father, we are just releasing ourselves to you. That every word that you have spoken concerning us, everything that you have written concerning us, every location, every timing, Father, will not miss. As we hear you, as we submit that you guide our footsteps, as our spirit is quickened to do that which you're telling us to do, as we take advantage of the openings, the door of faith, there are doors of faith. These are doors of faith. These are doors of destiny. So you open the doors of destiny. The timeliness of God, Father will not miss it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every door of destiny, every door of destiny, Father, we are praying today. This is the beginning of our harvest. 
place our hands in your hands. We ask that you guide us to those places that you lead us, to those locations that you have already ordained, that is in that book that you wrote. Lead us into those contacts and help us, O oh God, by your spirit to do as occasion demands. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said, O oh Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your majesty, your glory above the heavens. And I go, it goes on to say, and that's why I want to read. He said, what is man that you're mindful of him? Who was Naomi that God was so mindful of her? Who was Ruth? A stranger in Moabites. Why was God so mindful of them? Two widows. Why was God so mindful of them? She herself profiled herself and she, she amounted to nothing. And yet the hand of God, the radar of God, the covenant of God, what God already ordained to do with her. Because she was a tool in the hand of God to move Noami, Ruth, into destiny. And Ruth was a tool in the hand of God to cause her restoration. And their meeting with Boaz, Boaz now became the tool, the instrument in the hand of God to bring to pass that which God has spoken concerning David, that he will not lack his son to sit on the throne. So all these things were written from the beginning, before the foundations of the earth. So also our own lives, as we understand in Psalm 139, a book fashioned for us. The Bible also says that he has engraved us in the palms of his hands. And he says he will never forget us. Father, we worship you today. We exalt you today. Thank you for causing us to see. Thank you for this beginning of harvest. Thank you for knowing where the pastures are. Thank you for knowing where the still waters are. With the divine intervention, divine contacts, locations that you've already ordained. Father, we are asking, oh God, that you visit your people. Take us by hand. Cause the information we need to know, cause it to be, and help us to be decisive. Cause us to understand, cause us to understand spiritual matters. Cause us to understand and walk by your spirit. Father, we will not miss our timing. We will not miss our timing. We will not be careless to miss our timing. Help us to be sensitive to you, Holy Spirit of the living God, that your people will fulfill destiny, that your people, O oh God, out of our mouths, you have ordained praise. Our children are children's children. Children, say you ordained praise out of the mouths of children and babes, that they will hear of our testimonies, that generations, O oh God, will hear of how you located us, relocated us, directed us. As we are reading about Ruth and Naomi, we are reading about Boaz and David and Nehemiah. As we are reading, so also they will hear. And the testimonies and the almightiness and excellence and majestic power of God will continue through our generation. Have your way today, Lord. Blessed be your name. We are prayed in Jesus' name. Amen.